0: Man, Can everyone hear me? Yes. Yeah, good. Perfect. Just before we start, I just thought the Lord was saying a couple of things. I so thought we might get, we'll not get them out of the way, but start there. Um, is anyone here, does anyone have um, like a real gifting for painting or for art? Anyone here it, it, doing good at art? Anyone or, or, or wants to develop that? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Be bold yeah, you, you, I just, you, yeah, I, I just sensed that for, for you guys um, within this community and within this church as you move as well, I just had a picture of, of, of people in your community just sitting and they were like, am um, painting on a canvas and, and what was there was just like a bowl of fruit and I thought that's a really rubbish picture Lord, give me, give me something more and it was a bowl of fruit but actually I felt like Lord what are you saying here and I felt like God was saying actually it's, it's not a bowl of fruit, it's the kingdom fruit that I want you to paint and so this. Some of you here that actually God wants to just uh, anoint with you and just say actually use your talent for the kingdom fruit of this church you want to you want to document it you know almost like scripture how it's been documented of, of that we read every day of just the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and we stand here and we preach about it there's something about your art that God wants to use that actually will show the evidence of God's proof uh, God's evidence of his fruit and all that he does in this community so I just want to encourage you and bless you in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit would you just fall afresh on them in Jesus' name. I'm so excited. I, you know, you guys know how to worship. You know how to worship and it is so encouraging to be here. It's so encouraging to be here. Um, so we're, we're going to be going and talking on um, Isaiah 61 and I just want to preface what I share this morning um, just uh, really with a couple of things. The first thing, is really, I'm not here to talk to you about theology, you know, like, I'm not here to talk to you about good theology, to dissect Isaiah 61, and all of that stuff, you know, I'm sure that you've probably had times where you've done that, and that's really good, and you know, I'm happy to take it elsewhere, in terms of, like, talking about the theology, I wrote an essay on it when I did um, a theology degree, so I can send that out to you, but that's not what I'm here for this morning, what I'm here for this morning, is to share a word for you guys, and it's really just, a, it's Speak prophetically into your community around your vision as your vision unfolds, as you individually discern what is my role within that vision. Okay, and so that's how I want you to hear it. And I pray, Lord, would you open ears, would you ignite souls with your Holy Spirit, and would you fill them afresh and new in Jesus' name. You know, I, I want to start with a story before we get into Isaiah 61. And I, I ended up in a, a meeting with a woman um, a couple of a couple of months ago, and it was this woman who is just super influential within our local area in West London. She's like the queen of contacts. She like she knows everyone and anyone, every business person. She's a businesswoman herself, and she knows everyone in the local area. And I'm just sat there in this meeting. And I'm just sharing my heart around having a building space where we can just bless young people, where we can just, just pour out the love of Jesus amongst these people, create a youth cafe, a safe place for young people to come and express themselves and ultimately find Jesus and the love of Jesus. And I'm sat next to this woman wondering how the heck I've got there. I, this 25-year-old bloke, that's me, who can hardly grow a beard yet, sat in front of this really influential businesswoman and I'm going, how on earth am I here? this businesswoman who knows all the landlords in the local area in Ealing. And I'm just sat there and I'm like, what on earth? And she goes, you know, I'm going to put you in contact with that person and I'm going to help you with that person and I'm going to do this stuff and I'm going to do that stuff. Like, you don't need to worry or find people who's go- who are going to help you financially. And I just sat there thinking, why? Like, why, why are you helping me? Like, you know, and I just sat there wondering, like, why are you offering to help? And I was sitting there going, why does this influential woman who is so well connected sit across the table from me? There is no reason for her to be having a conversation or even engaging with me. And I'm this 25 year old kid who teaches the Bible for a living to teenagers. And I sit there thinking, why are you saying that you're behind me on this? And I realised it's because in that meeting, I wasn't just just sharing like a project, I was sharing a vision. I was sharing a vision and that's what she was getting onto. She was saying, I understand the why. Why are you doing this? And the why is the thing that I was getting, that she was getting excited about. And you know, I didn't go into this kind of boring meeting saying we need a building to tick the boxes of youth work and blah, 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 all of that. No, I didn't do that. I went in and I said, I have a vision that I have to have a youth building to reach teenagers who are ready to, to shipwreck their lives on drugs and porn and lust. But yet I want to see them not shipwreck their lives, but I want to see them transform into church planters. I want to see them transformed into kingdom growers. I want to change our city. I want young people to know the love of Jesus. I want the gospel. I want there to be gospel-centered churches planted and risen up in calling out for the name of Jesus. That's what I pray for in our homes, in our towns, in our cities. And that's what she caught on to. She caught on to the vision. And so this morning, as you carry on unfolding your vision, I want you to catch on. I want you to latch on to what the Lord has for you this morning. So be thinking in your mind. And you know, the why, the why in Isaiah 61, the why do we do this? Why is this your vision? Is this, it says, to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Here's your why. Alright, Woolwich? That's your why. That's why you're here. That's why you're doing what you're doing. To reach the brokenhearted, To set the captives free who are bound with the gospel. Make sure that they meet Jesus and introduce them to the God of the universe. That's it. Full stop. Period. That's not just, that's not just your church's vision. That's the whole church's vision. And you know, I think sometimes, I think, you know, I think that we miss the why. And if that's your vision as a church, if that's our vision as the whole church, the whole body, then we need to filter, if that's your why, we need to filter everything through that why. We need to filter, that means your time, that means your money, that means your family, that means your house. Everything about us needs to come to this question of how do I do that? And our why is to reach those broken hearted people. Our why is to reach the difficult people. It's to make sure that they actually meet the God of the universe because we've gone beyond the four walls of our church and we've reached them by the light of Jesus. And you know sometimes I think we forget that Jesus was born in a manger. He wasn't born in a palace and you know many times the amount of times I fall short of it sometimes as well we get so interested in the palace Christianity they're like uptight yeah look at this this is all fancy and this is great and there's a great platform and this and that but that's not what Jesus is interested in Jesus is interested in destroying the works of Satan going into dark places and shining bright and you know, I think sometimes when we, when we have scriptures like this, Isaiah 61, I fear sometimes we almost just become too familiar with a passage. Like sometimes I'll, I'll try and just like reread it in a different translation or I'll try like read it out loud and sometimes I'll stop after each phrase. And, 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 and I think sometimes we need to pull ourselves from familiarity because some things are so huge. Some things are so weighty that it's so easy to just skim over the surface of Scripture and not be impacted by the complete depth of what God is trying to say through it. And so I want this morning, as we go through parts of Isaiah 61, to see the depth of the Scripture. Not just the surface, the depth. And you know, it's one of those passages. It's the, it's the passage, I'm sure you will know, that Jesus read out as his manifesto to start his ministry. He went to Nazareth and, and people responded by they wanted to kill him. They wanted to throw him off a cliff. But he poured down this scroll, the scroll of Isaiah, and he read it out and he said, I'm the guy who fulfills it. I'm the guy who fulfills it. And so this is your manifesto, Willis Community Church. You are called to be Jesus. You're called to emulate the goodness of of God, as you pull down that scroll of Isaiah 61 and say the church is going to fulfill this through through Jesus and the power of Christ. So let me read it out to you. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, To proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. And bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy and gladness instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. You know, these people will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting for the Lord, for the display of His splendour. They're going to rebuild ancient cities and ruins. They're going to restore the places long devastated. They're going to renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. You know, this is such a wonderful piece of Scripture. And you know, really... What it's saying here is the Spirit. What Jesus is saying here when he reads out that scroll, he's saying the Holy Spirit is upon me. You know, I know the Holy Spirit lives in us. And you know, he does live in us. And the Holy Spirit lives in me for my sake. The peace and the goodness of God for me, my sake. But he rests upon me for your sake. He rests upon you for your sake. And, that, and that's the same for you. He rests in us for, for our peace and our goodness, but he rests upon us for the sake of the world. We have to understand that when the Spirit of God comes upon us, it's always for action. It's always for impact. It's always to change something. That we've been privileged to step into a middle of an impossible situation. We may not know what's supposed to happen. We just we just know that God doesn't want it left the way that it is at the moment. And so we come looking to Him with our hearts turned in for solutions. And we we're not smart people. We don't come here with the plan. We don't always have the plan. But sometimes we know that the least we know the least about a given situation but we step into the middle of an impossibility knowing that the God of the universe the creator of all lives in us and overflows through us and we trust that for the practical solutions for that situation so here we have this announcement that Jesus makes over his own life and he's basically what he's describing is he's describing the broken He's describing the poor. He's describing the blind, the lame, the imprisoned, the tormented, all of this stuff. And he says, I'm here to fix it. I'm here to fix it. And you know, at the end of verse 3 in Isaiah, it talks about these broken people becoming these oaks of righteousness. And this is what I want to talk about this morning, being rooted in the righteousness of the Lord for the display of his splendor. This picture of oaks of righteousness, the oaks of righteousness that are undoubtedly stable, withstanding the tests of time the weather, the hardship, the pestilence, these people will endure, their faith will remain evergreen. the roots of righteousness found in our Jesus, our Jesus, it will be expansive, securing us against the storms of life that constantly come and try to uproot us, what Satan will use within our flesh, within the world, within our mind, what Satan will try and seek to kill and destroy, God will tear away and say I heal in the name of Jesus, I bring miracle in the name of Jesus. These oaks of righteousness, you see that was the goal of of the Lord, that is the goal of the Lord in his kingdom for the most broken of the world to become these oaks of righteousness and what God is saying here he's saying I'm going to take the most broken amongst you remember he doesn't choose us because we're we're qualified, he doesn't choose us because we're gifted, if anything if we have a gift it's only because he gave it to us (laughs) He doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And so you see, God chooses the least of us for a reason. And in this passage, God champions the most broken. Why? I think because that's where he receives the most glory. That as we, as broken vessels, allow the spirit to fill us, we're broken vessels, we leak, we leak, And so wherever we go, we just leak the glory of God and his goodness. We just leak wherever we go. We leak. And that's why we need to be regularly topped up. We need to be regularly coming to to a place where we say, Father, will we stand in your glory and would you fill us afresh? Would you fill us anew? So here are the most broken people of the world and boom, Jesus steps into their life. And he's asking, are you the anointed one? Are you you the one who carries the fullness? Are you the one that carries the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? And, And Jesus steps into this person's life and that individual is then restored. They're now set free. They sleep at night. They're not tormented anymore. Those that were so bound with fear and anxiety are now free to think creatively. They have an impact in their job. They have an impact as an entrepreneur. They have an influence over the other people's values. They don't just do the, they don't do the addiction thing to drugs anymore. They're now reaching out to their friends who are bound by those addictions. And what happens is the person that was the once most broken in a community becomes the oaks of righteousness, that which have such firm roots that you just can't budge them. You can't move them. Storm Eunice can't budge up that oak, oak tree. He can't budge up that oak tree. And you know, there's a reason for this. And I think there's a reason why he takes the most broken and he, and he plants them firm as oaks of righteousness. There's like an unto something in this great miracle. And it's in Isaiah 61, it's in verse 4, right after verse 3. It says, they shall rebuild old ruins. They shall raise up former desolation. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations for so many generations. You know, this is... This is this is one of the most beautiful pictures in the Bible. You've got the most broken becoming the most stable. They don't just stop with their own stability. They don't just stop, oh, I'm sorted. They don't stop by saying, I can now prosper. Instead, instead they're saying, all right, let's rebuild. Let's rebuild this city. Let's rebuild this city. And so here's the point that I want to share out of this. You know, you, you don't get the rebuilders if you don't get broken people healed. If you don't get broken people healed, you don't get rebuilt cities. Maybe there's some of you here who are broken, who are bound, who are struggling. Maybe, maybe you don't even know that you're broken and the Spirit just wants to touch you this morning and just says, I'm here. I want to heal you. I want you to trust me that I'm a good father. I want you to trust me that I'm a good God. And I'll pour out my spirit on you and heal you because I'm calling you to be an oak of righteousness. I'm calling you to be so rooted in me. I'm, so, I'm calling you to be so rooted in the Father that you're so immovable. Maybe some of you need to get healed this Sunday morning. You see, this only happens when when we have people here in church that are filled with the power of the Spirit. There's this like cause and effect there's, there's people that carry this fullness of the spirit, live under the influence of this outpouring that the father longs to pour out to his church. This constant changing, ebb and flow, and constantly moving from this and that. Because the, the thing is, it's, it, the spirit is relational. The father's relational. Jesus is relational. It's not that we memorise these six principles in Scripture or these six principles that are the the way that we have to do it and we can't change. It's not that because the Spirit is immovable. He comes and He retracts, He moves, He breathes in, He breathes out. And so maybe some of us need to recognise that we may be trying too much on the six principles but actually we're called to change the world by just asking, Spirit fill me afresh. You know, broken people in Isaiah 61, it's the first three verses about the captives being set free, the prisoners being released, the broken being restored. And then it comes to this, verse four, they will rebuild. They will rebuild. Who is they? All the broken people that got a miracle. I repeat, some of you need a miracle. Some of you need to receive a miracle this Sunday morning because Jesus is here in the room and he is longing. And just as I said, he's ready to say, I can fix that. I can fix it. And I long to fix it. You know, for me, I, I received a miracle. I received a miracle in 2016. And maybe I shared a little bit about it um, when, I, when I preached on the live stream a year ago or so. But I, um, I, was, uh, I was broken. <laughs> I was really broken. I was addicted to a number of drugs, um, sort of quite serious drugs um, at the age of, 14, I had my first drugs and then ended up being addicted for a number of years. I ended up going into the music industry. That was like my go-to. I signed a record deal at 16 and when I, was in, when I was in that place, I had very powerful, influential people of the world in that space influencing me and my decisions. And so I was there, crippled and addicted and lost to the ways of the world. And inside of me was the deepest, darkest hole that you could ever possibly imagine. And what I was trying to do is trying to shove as much drugs into me as possible to try and fill the hole and all it was doing was just eroding more of my of my being and 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 building a darker hole inside of me it was demonic it was what the satan tried his best to get me away from the kingdom but the father did we wouldn't allow it he wouldn't allow it he wouldn't allow it and so, and so on, on, on 2016, on an unsuspected night, I got coerced coming to go into going to this Christian event. I don't know how, they, I, I blame my friends, but they invited me into this worship thing and I thought, oh my gosh, what on earth have I done here? I've like, uh, it was a place, like if you can imagine the weirdest Christians you know, and then, and then imagine them all in one room, that's where I was. That's where I was and I was in that space and I remember thinking, what on earth am I here for? But I remember feeling like a yearning, like a, a deep tug in my heart to be like, maybe I'll give this a go. Maybe I'll give this a go. And I remember just sitting there and standing there and on that unsuspected evening, a man came up to me who didn't know me from Adam and he came up to me and said, I want to prophesy over you. I want to prophesy oh, flipping out I don't want this. A oh, weirdo Christian prophesying over me. That's the last thing I want. Anyway, and he and he starts to pray for me. And he says, Holy Spirit, will you come? And my hands start shaking. I'm like, ah, no, what's going on? What is going on? And my hands start heating up. And I remember he just started prophesying. He said, you're addicted to this drug, this drug, this drug, this drug. And God's saying, it is going in the name of Jesus that the slime of Satan is being wiped off. It's being taken away. It's being removed. And he was like, you're in the music industry. And God's saying, you need to get out. You need to stop pressing the self-destruct button. You need to get out. This guy didn't know me it was the Father speaking through him it was a miracle it was a miracle and he was reaching the brokenness of my heart and he was coming out and he pulled me out of the pit of despair and as I stood up after three hours of this man prophesying for me and battling and, and, and praying and, and interceding for the Satan to get off me I stood up and saw myself afresh I stood up with different eyes the scales of my eyes had fallen away and I could see a new way I could see the way I could see the truth and I could see the life. And those addictions went. They just went. They just disappeared. And I came home and I was supposed to sign another record deal that day. And when I came home and and I turned it down, I ended up working at a bar with sticky floors, mopping sticky floors till 3am. It was the worst thing you could ever possibly do. But it was my tent making. It was my place of, of discipleship. It was my place of discipline where I learned how to listen to the Lord and hear his spirit. But so I say this, I say this, because you know it's it. It's, you need a miracle. <laughs> you need to receive a miracle this morning, and maybe some of you have received a miracle five years ago, six years ago. You know, you know. My testimony is wonderful, but it is no excuse for the for the absence of hunger today. It should it should drive us forward. Anytime yesterday's experiences erases my hunger for today. I've shown I've chosen where to level off. I've chosen where, where I'm stopping. And so maybe some of you have received a miracle, but he's saying, I want to fill you afresh. I want to make you hungry again. I want to see a passion flowing through your heart and through your mind and through your soul. So don't let your testimony be a place where you stop. Your testimony should drive you forward to be constantly asking the Spirit, will you fill me afresh? Will you fill me afresh? You know, the light shines so that uh, on a. The light. So let me try that again. So the light shines so that we can be a city on a hill that can't be hidden. Jesus didn't say, You're the light of the church. He said, You're the light of the world. You know, how could the light get brighter, but the world get darker? It doesn't work like that. We're positioned in the world. The power of God has to leave these four walls of the church. Yes, people should come in and receive those miracles, come in and get healed. The brokenness, come in and receive. As they breathe in, they then breathe out and they are a purpose of transformation to go and rebuild, to renew, to, re, to rebuild these cities. And you know, I think, I genuinely believe that if we, if we believe Jesus is the little light, then I believe that we will shine very little. But if we believe that he is the light of the world, we will look for opportunities to shine bright, to shine bright. And so this verse four, we've got this beautiful declaration of God. Verse four, rebuilding to cities. You know, that's his target. That's what God wants to begin with. That's what Jesus began with when he begins to fill people with his spirit. That was the target. He was saying, "All right, so you've you maybe maybe you've never dealt with addiction." But guess what? I'm going to put the Spirit of God upon you in such a profound way. I'm going to, I'm going to take you to places where you're going to talk to somebody who's bound by those addictions. You're going to bring freedom. That fullness of the Spirit on you is to bring freedom to them. And that's, that, and that person then becomes free and they're going to become stable. And they become stable. They will then become rebuilders of these broken cities. It all starts with somebody saying, Holy Spirit, come and baptize me anew. Come and baptize me afresh. Fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your spirit. You know, I'm coming to land and I deliberately didn't want to speak for too long. Maybe I have, I didn't even check what time I was speaking for, but I don't want to speak for too long. Really, what I want to do is I want God to speak for long. (laughs) I want him to move and I want him to speak. And and, and we're going to spend some time just prophesying. And Ella, I feel, you know, Ella's carrying some stuff that she wants to share with you, that she wants to offer to you guys. And obviously in these prophecies, weigh it, you know, weigh it and, 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 and discern it together as a community. There's going to be some things where I think that God wants to just pour, out their spirit on on individuals as well this morning maybe you're already getting that touch already with the holy spirit just bubbling up in your heart and we're going we're going to respond to that as well we're going to just we're just going to let god we're just going to follow the stream of god this morning we're just going to follow his stream you know many people i think fall short of a divine encounter because they're satisfied with just good theology they're just satisfied what i mean by that is you kind of You're happy to just meet whatever qualifications you may have set before yourself about what it means to be filled with the Spirit. So, you know, while I pray in tongues or I do this and I put lay my hands on someone, so you know, that's where it is. And I think people just level off and they don't quite get to the next part of where God says, I want you on fire. I want you on fire to rebuild cities. And we then become we kind of sit there and we just think, oh, we've got some good theology, we're starting to pray in tongues. Well done, that's great. But actually we just kind of level off. And we and we go, ah, oh, we're just we just become a little bit complacent we just kind of just come here on a Sunday and we just kind of sit here and just go you know it's great for a Sunday morning but I just don't see God moving in my life and you know I really want to encourage you ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh again you know in Acts 1 what you got you got Acts 1 1 8 there yeah 1 8 you got Acts 1 You know, that's when the Holy Spirit came and filled them afresh. The fire of the Lord rested on them. And and believers were added to their number by the the day. Thousands added to their number. You know, it's interesting that it's, it's not just in Acts 1, 8. It's in Acts 4 as well, towards the end of 4. It then says the Holy Spirit poured out again. And they were filled again. You know, these people were the same people that were in the upper room. They were the same people. And so sometimes I think we can go baptise me in the Holy Spirit and we think that that's it. (laughs) But actually these people that we read about, that we follow, that we follow in their footsteps, they were constantly renewing themselves, constantly coming to the well that never runs dry, that always satisfies. You know, God isn't in the business of visitations. He's in the business of habitations. He wants to live inside of you. He wants to live so inside of you that you can't do anything but overflow in His Spirit. And you know, that's a measure. You see the Spirit overflowing in someone, you know, you can see it. You can see it. You can see when people's lives are changed and you're seeing that other people's lives are changed. There's an effect of that. And you know, I think it's just a fine example to show here that we, we, we often just, I think sometimes we just fill ourselves up just for us but we don't quite get to the point where we're overflowing. And you know, I think the world sometimes doesn't see that we're filled with the Holy Spirit because we're not overflowing, that we've chosen where we're going to level off. And so here we've got this bottle. You have no idea how much water's in this bottle. It could be full, it could be half full, it could be nearly full. But what God does is he says, I want to pour afresh on you so that so much so that you're just, I will clean this up, so much so that you are overflowing like that. Do you understand? You can see it. You can see the Spirit of God. I really hope I haven't killed your technology, but it's the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God overflowing in you. And so some of you, maybe you've chosen to level off there. Maybe you've chosen to level off there. But actually, God's saying, I want to pour more. I want to pour more. He will keep on pouring. I guarantee if you stand in His obedience, if you stand in the obedience of the Lord and you stand over the glory and splendour of the Lord, He will pour and pour and pour and pour. And so sometimes I think when it's like when you go to, go to the tap and sometimes you just like press it only a little bit or turn it, twist it a little bit and it's just a little bit flowing out. I believe that God's saying, "I want it gushing out of you. I want you overflowing so much so that you're spilling my spirit wherever you go." You know, we were on this leadership conference last week. It was amazing. Let me just—I <laughs> want some of it too. <laughs> mm. We were on this leadership conference, and uh, this guy, a guy called Graham, came up at the front, and uh, and he, he said, "My daughter was praying. He was praying. She was praying for the Holy Spirit to come, and it, and she was quite young, and she said." Holy spill it, holy spill it. She goes, sorry, what did you say? Holy spill it, holy spill it. And you know, I don't think that that was by accident. He came and shared it with the leaders conference. You can see everyone respond being like, yeah, holy spill it. Let's spill it. Let's spill it wherever we go. Let's spill it wherever we walk. Let's spill it in our cities. Let's spill it in our towns. Let's spill it in our families, our homes, our cities, our workplaces. It's time to spill the splendour of the, and the glory of God. It's time to, to take this vision and work out what is my role in this vision as part of Willis Community Church as it continues to unfold. What is it? And from that place, ask Holy Spirit, pour out on me. Pour out on me. So what we're going to do is, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to stop now because I've I've done enough shouting, but but what we're going to do is we're just going to stand. And I'd love it if the keys, someone someone up for playing keys, just have some nice music going on in the background, not not for not for anything, just but just to focus our minds, just to focus our minds, on the Holy Spirit to move. And and Ella's got a couple of words as well. Um, I just I just want to. I just want to invite the Lord, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing that really. <laughs> um, yeah, we're just going gonna to spend, spend some time just asking the Spirit to just fill us afresh. We're just going to ask the Holy Spirit, will you come and breathe afresh in us? Would you fill us anew? Maybe, you know, if it's distracting other people around you. I also want, I want to say as well, if you're a young person, if this isn't your time to level off. This isn't your time to level off. This is your, your time to step further in. This is your time to step further in. It's time to go, God, I want more, I want more, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. We're just gonna ask, Holy Spirit, will you come and fill us afresh? Maybe, maybe there's some of us who who are struggling with addictions. Maybe they're not obvious addictions, maybe they're not drug addiction, maybe it's, it's porn addiction, maybe it's it's lustful addictions. I think that Jesus wants to break that in the name of Jesus this morning. You've got to want it. You've got to want it. You've got to want it. He's not going to force himself upon you. He's not going to force himself upon you maybe it's just a sign of openness there's nothing magic about this you don't get magic powers but just as a sign to God to say I'm open, I'm here, I'm listening you just put out your hands to say I'm here to receive from the Lord I'm here, Holy Spirit, would you come? Father, we dare not command you to come but we humbly ask as your servants will you fill us afresh? Will you come and speak to us afresh? Would you come and and speak to us? For some of you, I want you to do a brave thing. Everyone else, stay in that place. But I want you to do a brave thing. If you're there and you just lost hope and you're struggling with any kind of addiction, don't worry, we're not going to get you to the front and say you need to call it out or whatever if you're struggling with any addictions or things that are keeping you further away from the Lord and standing in the obedience of God's calling on your life I just want you to raise your hand and people's going to surround you and they're going to pray for you because we're family here and so if that's you if you feel that actually Lord I need a miracle today I need something to break I just want you to raise your hand and people can pray for you can we have anyone praying for, for, for this guy over here anyone struggling with addiction be brave we're going to spend some time a decent amount of time you know if if your vision and your values don't become such a regular habit in your life they'll never become a reality so Holy Spirit would you come and fall afresh would you come and fall afresh Holy Spirit would you come and fall afresh just stay focused lock your eyes on Jesus he's the way he's the truth he's the life lock your eyes on him maybe some of you uh, have a testimony from a couple of years ago maybe that's where you chose to level off maybe that's where you chose to level off Holy Spirit, we we ask, would you pour out afresh on their lives? Holy Spirit, we we pray, even if if people haven't raised their hands, Holy Spirit, we pray, would you break addiction in the name of Jesus? Would you break any works of what Satan is trying to do in the shadows? Would you break that in the name of Jesus? And would you bring it to the light and the glory and the splendour of you? Holy Spirit, we ask, would you come and overflow in our hearts and our minds and our souls? Holy Spirit, overflow right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We just wait on you. You know, I imagine in the upper room, the majority of the time was just spent waiting. It was just spent waiting. Just spent waiting. And you know, when we invite the Spirit... He can't do anything but restore things. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.